Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. Before we begin, a quick announcement today to let you all know that we'll be taking a week off to unwind a bit, enjoy the summer and recharge our batteries. This means episode 11 will be coming to you all a week later on the weekend of August 20th. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. For all further updates, you can find us on Twitter at Elsewhere Beyond. So without further ado, let's return to The Witcher, Chaos on the Ponta. You guys head on to the barge and you have managed to take some shelter from the smog of the black smoke, which is filling up um, the docks outside. Barksley's down with you in the lower decks, and I guess you guys have dropped off some things. Did anyone drop anything off into the crow's nest in inside? I shouldn't really call out for listeners. The special enchanted room known as the crow's nest. No, Gorm's in a bit of a bad mood, so he just went down into the uh, like the gallery or the kitchen, whatever you would call it. He's just kind of sitting there with his arms on the table, feeling a bit bit sad. Oda takes the lockbox of gold not in the crow's nest, the okay. special room, but like hides it away somewhere in her and Vargon's bedroom. Okay. Okay, so you, you hide it away, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Arthwin is going to take most of the spoils uh, and just tuck them away somewhere in, in his and, I guess, Gorm, uh, where we share a room. Yeah, uh, except the uh, witch hunter's garb, which is going to go into the into the crow's nest. <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday. Damn you. Okay. Don't forget the recipes. <laughs> oh, have you got the recipes? Oh, they go in the, the they, shelves, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they just just tuck that away somewhere safe in, in the bedroom. It's largely inconspicuous stuff. In one of spare shoes, maybe, somewhere. The bombs and all that I have on me. Okay, you kind of need to look after this. Yeah. And also, yeah, you're I'm a witcher. Not gonna leave those lying around. <laughs> Ooh, oh, is this is this chili powder? Oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sansa is continuing just moving around the boat. She's been kind of making herself busy. You realize that when she's not busy, she's whittling or she's playing her lute. Fluffy, however, is um, basically making you guys some food. He's using the last of the eggs. Because I know how much you love those eggs. After hiding away the little lockbox somewhere, um, Oda's going to join Gorm in the lower deck room. You see his little feet swinging off one of the stools as he's perching his elbows up on the table and he's looking down at a plate of eggs that he's not eaten. And he's just sad. (laughs) Oda just uh, sits um, across from him. And... uh, Hmm. She looks over him for a moment and then actually just pulls out a little like notebook of some kind. I guess I can have that, right? Or should yeah, I, have, you have, yeah. I believe you have writing stuff on Yeah, and she just um, starts jotting down some things every now and then looking at Gorm to let him know that he's like seen, but she's not, uh, she's just there for company. No. <laughs> no. Gorm sees that he's seen, but he doesn't really say anything. He just kind of pokes at his, his eggs with his long claw. Oh, you're just moving it around the plate a bit. Mm. And, and, and Boxley's just giving you those giant big eyes, sat next to you at the table as, as he's looking at you. And he's, he kind of keeps looking to the plate of the eggs and then back at your face again. Oh, I little eggs. Squishing the rest of the eggs into a frowny face. <laughs> 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 you move the plate over to give Barksley some of the eggs, but he just does one big lick and just takes the whole plate's worth of food off in one big go. Ah, Gorm pets Barksley's head. Are you not hungry, Gorm? No, no, Gorm's a little not so happy. Why is that? Gorm is missing Kalkistein, and now friend Sifra also gone. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it doesn't get any easier, does it? No. What about Barryman? Barryman? Ah, oh, the doctor. Well, I hope we can make a friend out of him yet. But no, 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 Barryman, big horrible monster now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should really get everyone together to uh, deal with him, shouldn't we? Hmm. 
Orda extends her hand and uh, places it on top of Gorm's. Mm. I will be here for you as your as your friend as long as I can, Gorm. Gorm is happy with Orda, friend, too. You won't lose me so easily. Mm, that's good. And Gorm has a little smile. Should we um, get the others? Mm, we have to fight Berry Man Monster. Mm. And maybe you could reconsider eating something. She nods as she pushes herself up. Oh, Boxley ate all eggs. Fluffy sets down some bacon, sausages and eggs back in front of you. Well, you was waiting for the meat to be finished, but you seemed awfully eager to grab those eggs so that you could look mournfully over them. Oh, Gorm just <laughs> has, has some bacon and, and slips the sausage down to Barksley. And it's just gone like one chomp of the sausage has been devoured into the abyss. He gets you some food as well. He goes, I'll help you now, Miss Oda, right? Get you some nice... Uh, do, you, do you want any... Uh, I could give you some chived onions if you want. Mm, yeah, just whatever you can miss. Vargan, what are you doing? What was what would be your thing? You've got about three or four hours here that you guys are killing to to kind of get the sun more towards the, the side you want it. Uh, he's sort of spent some time to himself, looking out over the waters, over the smoke, just trying to wrap his head around this ragtag of a group that's running around with him. Well, Santa joins you. Well. That was a lot of action in only a few days. How are you? I'm confused, conflicted. I feel a little bit betrayed, even. You feel betrayed? My own flesh and blood. And it's my own fault for it. I wasn't there when she needed me. You know, Vargan, I was raised in Metina. My father was nothing more than a lowly elvish stable hand. No matter how much he tried, I, I was never going to shoe horses and birth fowls. He loved me, even between the drinking and his duty. But my path in life was never his to lead. I was willful. I longed for the sea. My point is, that was destiny, Vargin. And destiny cannot be reasoned with. He takes like a hole over her shoulder and gives her like a nod. He smiles softly. Now come on, I want to teach you a little bit about tradition. Most of all, I want to teach you how to lie. I can lie. <laughs> no, you can't. I've seen your fibs. You're not very good at it. And she's come to my office. I'm going to teach you how to lie. <laughs> okay, Arthurin, what are you doing over the next three or so hours? Arthurin would like to spend some time uh, investigating these explosive devices that he's found. <laughs> do you do that on board? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he's gonna take them to the crow's nest, actually. And uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the room where we're going to put all these valuable magic items. <laughs> he's not gonna fiddle with them, really. He's just investigating and comparing to them to the diagrams, the recipes. Just great idea. Well, I hate to break it to you. You're very familiar with these. There's no mystery to be had. You. It doesn't take you long to really work out. You've used these in your line of work. All right. The diagrams you, you once had when you were with your people in the Amel Mountains, you would have gone back, you would have filled up before your season when you were out on the path, and you would have got everything you needed and then head out. You haven't had these for a long time because you've been long away from home. But you know how they work. They pretty much ignite on impact. There's less of a fuse and more of a concussive ignition, if that makes sense. All right. After that, uh, Arthwin's going to find a place to sit in the crow's nest and just sort of have a have a good long think about how it's gone so far. The journey mm. so far. Okay. Oda, you head up to Sansa's cabin where she's talking to Vargan. Yes, you get it. That's it. I actually... What, wait, you don't have a son as well? I don't know. That was a very good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oda. Oh, did... Um, I'll leave you two to it. Now, I... It's fine. I, I've got to get outside anyway. And uh, she... Not in your direction. Oh, that looks very suspiciously at Vargan. Like Vargan slowly turns in a chair before getting up. Um, I was just coming to get you. Um, I believe we have some things to go over for, for the doctor. 
uh, you know, to find him and, and take care of the situation. Unless the longer the silence kind of like grows, <laughs> she just uh, <laughs> stumbles a bit. Uda. Yes. I. I'm sorry. And then he gives her like a small, like grabs onto her shoulder again. He really likes shoulders. You're sorry. He nods very resolutely. Do I need to know what for? I think you know. Odell swallows deeply. I... I can be sorry for some of the things I've done, but I need you to understand that... the choices of my path are my own. And I'm not sorry for them. I just hope that in time I can, that you will see that it was not the wrong choice to make. A life lived without regret is a good life. Oh, Donald, slowly, before she actually takes a small step forward and very carefully leans in a bit to wrap one arm around him, like hesitantly. <laughs> He gets really weird with the his one arm sort of like hovering over her back. Not sure is this a pat or like a squeeze moment. <laughs> so <laughs> instead, he just goes to the first memory you can think of, and it goes to like stroke her he head, like very gently, like when she was uh -huh. very young. She frowns for a moment at that, a little bit confused, but he is visibly uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> she's uncomfortable too let me get that straight until eventually she just <laughs> takes a deep breath and takes a step back and um nods to herself like yeah that was uh, something <laughs> it was a step <laughs> the little like there's a little window uh leading up to the deck you see floffy just staring out through the window just <laughs> tilting his head a little bit as he's looking and he's just eating a little bit of bacon he's like well, oh, you have to admit, that's awfully weird. <laughs> Sansa just closes the hatch. Oh, by the sea, Fluffy, stop staring. <laughs> it's how we do it in Skellige. <laughs> he desperately attempts to lie. <laughs> They're very convinced. Ah, good, good, good. Right. We should um, find Artwin and uh, get on with business, yeah? Agreed. Have you spoken with Gorm? He seemed upset. I'm not quite sure what I can do to comfort him. He enjoys the simple things in life. Companionship, friends, probably a good drink. Gorm's world is very black and white. It's hard for him to uh, see the grey areas. He does not need to, as long as we are here to guide him. Well, I will... Find the witcher and um, meet you downstairs. We'll assume that you go down and get some food in you as well for the day, so that you're covered in terms of eating. You don't have to hit, hit your rations. So how <laughs> much stamina do you get back from eating? I would say, guys, no, your fully stamina is restored. Like, you guys have been resting for a long nice. time. Nice. All right, Oda, you... Uh, Pretty much. If you've looked around the ship for long enough, you know that you can't find him on board. Then he's got to be somewhere else. <laughs> so you flip the uh, astroglobe, cut the times you need, and uh, the portal opens. And there you see him. You think he's nodded off, actually. He's <laughs> snoring or signs of sleep. There's just a man who's just very... Probably He probably hasn't moved for three hours. <laughs> he's just, like, sat over, just looking at the fire, sat from one of the green armchairs in the uh, in the specially enchanted crow's nest. And he sort of sits up and turns his head when he hears the portal open. Ah, oh, I, uh, I was hoping I would find you here. Well, there was only one place left to look. He's sort of a little distracted. Olda, can I... Ask your question. I have, of course. And he's sort of, he's holding his one of the one of the bombs that he found, the diamiridium one, and he's sort of just twisting it in his hand, just looking at the at the design, uh, absent-mindedly. And he he pauses for a minute, and he goes, "Those uh, those men we killed at the brothel. Did you? What did you?" 
feel when they died? Did you feel bad for them? Hmm. I wouldn't lie to you, Arthur. Um, she moves to uh, actually take a seat in one of the chairs near the fire. I don't think that death is as horrible as most of us think it is. I'm, I'm sure you're right. But killing them, is that, was that... And he sort of shakes his head and he puts away the bomb. Ne- never mind, never mind. No. It's, 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 it is... it, no. What, what did you need? What did you need? It is clearly important to you, Arthur. And he sort of looks her right in the eye and just, Did you? Please, just... Let's just move on. She uh, takes it in for a moment. As soon as he's he's gotten the words out, he breaks eye contact with her, looks back at the fire. Okay. Yes, actually, I was trying to uh, get a hold of you so we could make a plan to find a doctor. Find him? You know, take care of it. I take it we've made no progress on finding an alternative means of getting rid of the threat. I don't think so. No magical curse removal you can pull out of a hat? I wouldn't know where to begin. I figured. I'm always here if you do want to talk, she says as she pushes herself up from the chair. He nods and stands up with her. Good. Well, off to find the others. You leave the crow's nest. I regret calling it now because it's so confusing. <laughs> you you leave this enchanted crow's nest and you head out. And you, you find Vargans eating food down there. You're all down there together in the lower deck. How's Gorm looking? Is he back to his old self? He's okay. He's, uh, he's perhaps not as sprightly as he might be, but he seems fine. He's just petting Barksley a little bit. In a sort of quite obvious, probably, to Oda attempt to overcompensate for the seriousness of the previous discussion, Arthwin steps over to, to Gorm and, and he comically imitates his voice. Gorm feeling all right? Gorm? Gorm fine. He looks up to Arthur and just kind of smiles, looking a little bit confused. But <laughs> Arthur kneels down next to him, pats him on the back. Good, good. And Gorm just kind of holds up a piece of bacon. It's like, bacon! Arthur takes the bacon and, and takes a bite. Bacon! 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 Actually, actually did lick on that one a little bit, but it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us establish our goal. We will not get paid for hunting him down anymore. We're doing this solely for the access to his books, correct? Exactly, yes. Then if it begins to look badly, we could make a run for the books if they're in the same room where he is. And leave. Do we assume that he's out of his lair at night, or...? That is when the murders have been happening. I'm not quite sure how self-aware the werebeasts are. Arthwin would know, wouldn't he? They are extremely hard to reason with. Oh, a barbarian rage is the best way to explain it. Most of us here understand how barbarian rages work. Local doctor too angry to die. (laughs) 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 Hmm. If we can retrieve his things without having to confront them all together, that would be the best course. We move into his lair when he leaves. Maybe. Trap the entrance. No, no, no. We we, we smack very hard. If we must. What if he hurt people? He will continue to hurt people. But they are not our people. Mm. But people not bad. Loath as I am to leave a creature such as him roaming the city, I haven't been paid to take care of him. 
Best leave him to one of the other witchers. Gorm mm, no like it. No? No. Arthwin pats Gorm on the back. But what if you get hurt? What if we get hurt? If Gorm turns into big monster, you should bonk Gorm on hit. Could you bonk Oda on her head if she turned into a monster? Mm. Oda no want to be big monster. But what if, what if trying to go after the doctor means that you get hurt or we get hurt? Oh, no, no. Gorm very strong. Gorm, how, how are you with mathematics? What that? Uh, sums. Plus and minus. One plus one. Two. You, you got it. You got it. Yes. <laughs> if it's a simple question of numbers if Gorm the strong the mighty mm. gets bonked mm. by a werebeast mm. what will happen to all the people that Gorm would have saved were he alive Gorm's speedy little eyes kind of squint as much as they can how many people can you save Gorm if you survive Weird beast encounter. Gorm clearly thinks there's a specific right answer for this. <laughs> you, you can just tell he's trying to think and he just kind of... Two. <laughs> Arthwin uh, gestures with a finger pointing up as, to say, as if to say, whatever number you're thinking of, it's higher than that. Oh, three! <laughs> <laughs> Even more than three, Gorm. Oh. Even more. Three. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, we are we are here to do what friend Kalkstein asked of us, right? True. Gorm miss Kalkstein. Those books are very important to friend Kalkstein. Ah, important book. Hmm. We need to get book. Hmm. 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 It's agreed then. Get, get, book. Book. get book. Get book. Get book. Get book. Two. Yeah. So I think you have a you, know, you have a solid plan now. So. <laughs> get book. Get book. Get book. <laughs> in a perfect scenario, we walk in, get the book, and we just leave. For the sake of brevity, then we'll say that you guys get your equipment, get your belongings, and you head off the ship. It's dusk now. You see a lot of people are still fussing around the brothel. People are trying to put out some of the fire still, though it's just a simmer now. There's not actually a lot of uh, lot of terrible flames or anything. And the word on the street is that a horrible like demon was summoned in the brothel. And it was able to kill everyone in there. And it's missing. It hasn't been found. Ah! <laughs> you keep walking as you get to the more isolated areas of the docks down near the southern side where you find that sewer entrance. And it is night time. And the grate is just as it was. So it's going to be a real dark in there, isn't it? Gorm not see very well. Gorm not go first. But I will light a torch and I will walk in first. You light up a torch. What's the space in here? Like, is it like you can walk in or are we crawling? You can walk in. You're not crawling. You can walk in. It's Vargan. He's quite tall as well as Arthwin. They have to duck their head a little bit. As uh, Vargan heads in first, Arthwin's going to go in last. Okay. Considering his his uh, eyesight in the dark, uh, it seems prudent for someone who can see uh, being... Well, you can't actually see in the dark until you pop your cat potion. Did you want to to drink the one that you made? I mean, I guess I'll just pop it then. Yeah, you just lug it down. Your skin flushes then. Your pupils expand. And uh, it's very evident that you're under the effects of a tonic. Yeah, just definitely huge pupils. Uh, and uh, just the... Uh, just like the, the faintest hint of a glow. All right. And then, so the marching order is Vargan first. Arthur at the back. Is it so? Where's Gorm and Oda? Gorm will follow up after them. And is it just one torch you're using, or do you light up a couple? I can. I think I might light a lantern. I think I have a lantern. 
I also like to preemptively string my bow and hold it in my left hand. That's completely fine. Yes. Does anyone else do something similar? Yeah, Gorm will do the same. I, I was thinking silver sword. Yeah. It, it smells like Arthwin in morning down here. <laughs> and it is very stinky. The sewer <laughs> reeks of the city above. The foulness and the waste amplified in the warm dark. The old rusting iron gates at its entrance are bent and strained, barely hanging on it at a hinge. And within the damp, clothes and humid darkness, the patter of slow drips echo through the tunnels. And even your own breathing reverberates around you. The tunnels eventually end and open into a more of a wider chasm, a nexus where all the different sewers lead and connect. And you hear the skulking of something, breathing, the sound of someone muttering madness. I did what you wanted. Why, 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 did, I, why did I do what you wanted? Uh, hello? Gorm, why? What? There is a sudden movement around as just Gorm's hello echoes out into the darkness. The light only kind of <laughs> around you right now. You see that in the, you, you see down underfoot there are some, some bodies uh, stripped of flesh, bones, maybe a week old in places. Some algae and fungi have grown down here in rotted grossness. Did she send you? You hear the sound reverberating again around. Are you on her list? Whose list? Her list. No, 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 no list. We're looking for Berryman. Is she getting rid of you too? No, no, no. Nobody needs to get rid of anybody. Suddenly, you feel the whoosh of air somewhere to your right. Instant reaction is to is to twist that way. Everybody make me an awareness check at minus four, apart from Arthur. Oda, you see two red pinpricks in the distance, skulking forward. Arthur, you see this creature, a dusty cloak over it, a mound with a hunched back coming forward towards you. As before you, rising up in the dark, growing to its full height, is a were-rat. A hulk of sinewy flesh, roping muscles that stretch out over unnaturally elongated limbs. The faint shape of the man the creature once was now struggles to raise its heavy head. Wild, bright eyes flare at you, and the beast bears a pair of bloody, foot-long front teeth, saliva dripping from its vile hanging maw. The rat's claws on each hand are cracked, bleeding, and jagged. The beast looks ravenous and feral, and his eyes size you up as its back legs shift to pounce. On her list or not, I'll devour you! And then Alfred, this creature just leaps at you. I need you to defend against a single bite, all right, which is coming for you. A 28. Oh my god. Uh, woo. I just crit. And can you imagine if that was an ambush, I would have got an extra five onto that. Jeez. Out of the darkness, bursting forth into the light of the firelight, you see this, this ravenous were-rat, twice the size of any of you, as it launches at Arthwin, plunges down on top of his body as it makes the bite. You take 22 points of damage to your right arm, but you are not poisoned. Uh, it failed the poison chip. The creature howls ferociously. The blood splatters onto your left arm, Oda, across the top of the lantern, the, the lid of the lantern. And um, I'm gonna need everybody but Arthwin to make me a courage check. 24, Gorm is fine. Very brave. Vargan is fine. Oda, however. <laughs> Oda, you are now shaken. All right. Um, at the top of the initiative, however, is Arthwin. This thing has just like sliced into your arm. There's blood pumping out of the wound. It is right on top of you now. This is very, very serious. Right. At the attack, Arthwin lets out a, 
a harrowing ah! and turns to to defend himself, but he can't quite make it. Uh, his immediate reaction is to to attack back with two quick strikes with his silver sword. Oof! A twenty-five and a twenty. Nice. It's going to reposition away from you as it tries to get out of both attacks. It doesn't manage to reposition the first one and takes your first strike with your silver sword. That's lucky. Um, So a right arm for a right leg. Your blade cuts into it. The creature howls as it suffers the wound to the leg. Arthwen, the second one, he is now going to have to try and dodge out of. Go for it. 23. No. It's enough as it does swoop and dodge at another one, though it doesn't reposition this time. It screams in your face. What are you going to do now? Wretched, high-pitched rat scream. You have an extra action and you haven't moved yet. Well, I'm going to try to to just reposition around it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, planning on igniting him. Igni, absolutely. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Pop off. 24. You nearly crit. That was a nine. That was good. I'm gonna. That's that's a full four stem, by the way. It is going to try and reposition. Twenty one. It's not enough. It hits. Great. It takes some damage to the torso, and it's magic damage, so it hits pretty strong. Flames blast out of your fingers as a wave of energy and heat uh, disperses across the creature. It lights up for just a moment. Lights up the entire room. After you've moved, you've used all your actions. That's everything you can do. It's going to make its turn just attacking with both its claws. Arthwin, you need to defend yourself against the following rolls. The first one is a 22. And the second claw attack comes to a 26. Oh my god. If you have luck, don't forget that. I do know I do have luck. I was thinking I would be putting some luck into this. Um, uh, I mean, I'm going to try to reposition out of it. 22 is enough. It's just enough. <gasps> as you meet 22 for 22, you're going to have to get out of range. Otherwise, you'll have to defend the second one as well. I'll take a hop backwards. Bye, Oda. Arthur, you reposition out of the way, barely missing the claw as it swings for you. I'm sorry, Oda. Well, Oda, as you are now the only person in range, the wearer is not going to waste its final attack this round. Uh, you are the light bearer. You're the only target it can reach. You do have a spell called Bone Scratch, and this is pretty useful for you in your defense. Um, would, would you like to use it here? Yeah. All right, it makes its attack. Oh. <gasps> so close. It's too short. You roll a 24 with your spell casting of two. You have not taken a wound, but you have taken a hit, Oda. A hit to your left arm. I'm always scared it's going to say head. Uh, left arm. Yeah. You are not poisoned. I'm not poisoned. <sighs> you take 13 <laughs> points of damage to your left arm. How okay. much armor do you have on your left arm? Five. Five. So you take what's left okay. and then half it. So eight, four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I live. You take a horrifying slash into your left arm, causing you to shriek, I imagine. Mm-hmm. You are holding the lantern in your left hand, aren't you? If your staff is in your right. Yeah, I would. The lantern would be thrown to the floor on the ground next to you. Yeah. It is burning, creating light, but you, if you pick that up, it will break. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. Gorm. Gorm is uh, luckily armed, and uh, he, he turns towards the were rat and is like, Friend Oda! He's very worried. And he moves forward, and he just starts uh, wailing at this uh, this creature. And actually, he, can he talk while doing that, or is that? He can say a sentence. Gormon list. <laughs> okay. Well, I will say now. I will be trying to reposition this. My athletics will be a twenty-three. Fuck. Oof! That's a fumble. That one uh, by five. It's not enough to be on the table. It is enough, however, for the were-rat to launch itself away from you and get out of the way of your attack. And the one that follows, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. You have an extra action. Yes. You don't have any movement left, though, because you already used it. But I can use my extra action to move, can I? Correct. Gorm's going to move over to protect Oda. 
All right, Vargan, they need your help. I'm going to turn around, looking what's going on. He'll look expectantly to the Witcher. Deal with it. I shall aid you. And then he's going to lift his uh, strung bow upwards, begins chanting again in the old tongue, and then a breeze forms inside the sewers as it yeah. attempts to surround and give Arthwin a best thing to a hurricane, but as, you know, as a tailwind for him to rush forward with increased momentum. Okay, you go ahead then and roll me a spellcasting check. And for the listeners, I shall read out the description for this unique invocation. Tempered wind can be used in one of two ways. When channeled against an enemy within range, the target of this invocation reduces their speed by half and limits their maximum number of actions or rate of fire to one, to a minimum of one. When channeled upon an ally, tempered wind increases the target's speed by three and grants them an additional action to take during their turn without penalty and at no further cost to their stamina. Hostile targets may attempt to resist Tempered Wind at the start of their turn. There we have it. Ooh, 16 is a great roll, Vargan. Well done. Arthwin, I assume you're receiving the benefits of the magic, so be aware your speed is increased by three and you can take an additional action during your turn. Essentially, you have two standard actions and an extra action, all right? Mm. Just be aware to stay within eight meters of Vargan, else this will end. And Vargan, mark off your stamina for casting Tempered Wind, and be sure to um, mark off three more each round that it remains active. Is there anything else you want to do? I will then turn to face it. And I will then try again to continue... Oh, can I still cast another spell while I'm channeling something? No, you are actively keeping Tempered Wind Uh, going. Then I'm finished. Yeah, don't forget the three speed. You can blitz now. Oda, it's your turn. Things are looking very dangerous for you. What would you like to do? Yeah, I'm just gonna take a step back behind Gorm. No, I am. I'm. I'm gonna leave that for now for this turn. Yep, you're not gonna do anything else. No. Okay. All right. At the top of the round, then Arthwin, it is you. Arthwin is going to appeal to the others. And he's going to charge the where at uh, and, and say to the others, appeal to it, try to reach it. And then uh, he, pointing his silver sword at the where at, he goes, Ven, Ven, is this how Sephra would have wanted this encounter to go? Mm-hmm. And he's just pulling names and trying to connect the dots. Okay. Are you going to do anything else? Yeah, he is going to go ahead and attack him. You can use a charge action, which could try and knock it to the ground as well as doing strong damage. That would be good. Let's go. 16. Oh, that's not too, that's not too good. The beast, however, is going to try an athletics away. It's going to try and reposition out from you. And I roll a 19. I didn't roll great either, but it was still enough, to, just enough. God. The creature is going to swoop away from you further down the sewers, moving away from you with its claws and teeth bared. Can you keep up with it? That's the question. Uh, that is that is the question. I can't anymore. I used my, used my full round. Does it react in any way to what I'm trying to say to it? It's in a rage. You can't tell right now. It's it's a lot's going on. About three seconds. Four seconds have passed so far. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. Vargan, it's going to try and bite you now. And uh, I need you to defend against a fumble of 11. I've also undone an unarmed fumble, so that's on the table. This is very much in your favor right now, isn't it? Way to set me up for only failure. Oh, gosh. Uh, fumble. You need to go ahead and defend that anyway, 11. So what's going to happen? It's going to bite, and he's going to roll backwards. Yeah. So you're also repositioning it in the same way. As it goes in to bite you and its foot-long, horrifying fangs come down and just slam into the space that you're in, causing it to lurch forward and the whereat is now officially staggered for the next turn. It is going to slink off into the shadows. <laughs> okay. All right. Gorm. Gorm can't really see it. It's, it kind of vanishes very quick and his eyes are quite bad, so... He just kind of moves down towards where it went, but doesn't go too far. 
Gorn, Gorn can't see it. And and I'll do the uh, prepare like to guard thing. You can ready an attack if it comes out the darkness, and you could just do a single strike on it if you want. And that would be your whole action, like your action action. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so if it comes into range, you get to hit it. Yeah. Vargan, it comes to you again. Yeah, you mark off your three stamina for channeling. That's if I'm going to continue to channel it, which will quickly depend on what uh, Arpen's going to say. Are you going to slay it or talk it to death? Very aggressively so, as he stands there focusing on a magic leaking out of him. Arth, Arthwin uh, does a, a, a flourish of his sword and looks back to, to Vargan and goes, just exploring every option. Then I shall continue to channel him with the speed of the wind and not very helpfully look in the direction where it went. That's about all he can do. What would you do? Anything else? You can, whilst you're actively channeling, you can shoot and all kinds of things like that. Uh, can I throw my torch like forward a little bit? Yes, you can. Uh, I will throw it over here. Hey. hey! Hey! You revealed the wealth in the dark. Well done. That was a lucky throw. Anything else you want to do? The torch scatters across the ground and reveals that area now. Then I will not use an extra action or anything. I'll just throw forward and uh, save it. Okay. All right. Um, Odor the old ways. I pick up my uh, lantern. Okay, well, if you pick it up, it might break. Oh, seriously? You can make a craft check to try and keep it together. <laughs> no, I'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I just take a step to the left so that I can sort of see the where at. You can see it now. Yeah. It's looming and ready to pounce again. You were cursed, weren't you, Dr. Venn? Aren't you supposed to heal people instead of harm them? Okay, is that what you're just going to say? Yeah. <laughs> Make a persuasion at minus five. <laughs> Wargan's yes. going to look at her in direction. Did you not listen to what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't really punch it from here, can I? Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> oh, minus five. Sorry, eleven. No, that doesn't work. Um, (laughs) The creature is still ferocious. And uh, the top of uh, round three, Arthwin. Some are negotiating, some are fighting. I think some some coordination's in order. Arthwin, uh, I think he's going to make the executive decision to move. You have uh, three extra speed from me. Yeah. Actually, going to stop at seven. I'm not going to use it because I am going to use one of my bombs. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the crazy one, the dancing star. If you have any luck, use it now, because I will be repositioning out of the bomb when it's thrown at him. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm using the lot. This is a skill to ca- to throw the... Just a basic athletics roll with the luck on it, because you are throwing the object. It's basically athletics versus athletics, because the web is going to have to reposition out of the blast. No. You roll a 25. That's shit. It's not shit. It's pretty good. I used all my luck on this. I am now going to roll the Werat's defense against that. Fumble it, man. 24. Oh, Oh, dude! (laughs) (laughs) You hurl the bomb through the air, and as if everything passes in slow motion, the whole party, all of you, your eyes trace the glint of the bomb's metal reflecting off the torchlight. The Werat sinks deep into its heels, ready to spring away, but the bomb bounces down onto the soiled stonework beneath the monster once, twice, and then bouncing again on the third. And on that third, a great bout of flame just spews up and engulfs the creature in a torrent of unforgiving heat and fire. The wearer is set on fire now, 100% chance of that, Arthwin. So can you go ahead and roll me a 5d6 for the bomb's damage as well? 5d6. And please be aware, as this is a bomb, the damage will be dealt to every single location. Oh. 18 points of damage. Again, that damage targets each location separately to the head, torso, arms, and legs. The creature does have armor left and very few hits have been made to it. I am reducing damage by that armor and also by location modifiers. Jeez, but that damage to the head, goodness me. Okay, right. Are you ready for this, Arthwin? Mm. You killed it. There is a massive explosion. The whole cavern lights up. Vargan, 
you feel a, oof, a horrible crushing sensation as a tuft of fur, sinew, and bone is hurled into your torso, nearly knocking you back into odor. Gorm, a were-rat's uh, hand slaps you across the face. <laughs> as it's dismembered and flies over the top of you, there is splatters of were-rat against the wall behind. And then on its knees, half of its face missing, the arm missing, the torso exposed, the organs just pouring out. And combat comes to an end. The Witcher ends it with a single bomb. Gorm kind of just, there's just like a second of just like, what? But then he like raises his arms and his weapons above his head and like, yeah, Witcher, big boom! <laughs> the Witcher's like panting and just like, <sighs> big boom, Witcher! And he looks back and he looks at Gorm. He, it seems like he's considering how to react to this, the, the fanfare. But after a second of consideration, he just raises his sword and goes, Big Boom. Gorm <laughs> 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 oh, runs up and throws his arms around Arthwin's leg. Big Boom! And Arthwin sort of just almost collapses just from just the the exertion and the 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 excitement of it all. And that's the other thing as well. Like at this point, I imagine Varga and your spell ends. Yeah, uh, yeah, well. yeah. And you feel that even more energy taken out of you. Arthur reaches out to kind of like stabilize him. <laughs> yeah, and you fall to your knees with them all around you, and the horrible stench returns to your nose. This foul, putrid place. Because Arthwin drops to his knees uh, with his arm sort of around Gorm. For a second, he, he thinks the smell is Gorm. <laughs> but then he remembers, oh, we're, yeah. We're, some, we're of it, some of it is Gorm. The torch that Varga now holds illuminates the space around you. And you do see, actually, Oda, you'd see it from where you are back there. To your right, you see the flickering of candlelight. Kind of glows in the distance further down the tunnel. And the only other light you see is the corpse of a mutated creature burning. I will say this, by the way, I'm sorry to do this to you, but there is no mutagens to be salvaged from that, not in the state it's in. Normally I'd be like, you crack on, Witcher, you get those mutagens, you earned it. But that thing, there ain't much left. <laughs> I ain't complaining. We're alive. The best loot is the life. Where, where book? Oya tries to lift her cloak sort of like over her nose and not look at the were-rat beds and try to leap over to the uh, other side where she can see the candlelight flickering. As you continue on down the tunnels, the smell odour lessens, further on still until the passageway opens up into another sewer clearing, one without as much sludge and waste. And it appears somebody's been living here. A stained hammock is tied between two pipes and a large bloodied syringe can be found discarded on the floor. A series of expensive-looking books are heaped on a makeshift desk not far from where the needle sits, and an alchemy set still bubbles under the flame providing the light that you noticed further back down the tunnel. This must be it. You're all there now, standing in this clearing. Oda starts approaching it and, um... What, the needle on the ground, the books? Just the dwelling it's in general? Yeah, it's a dwelling in general, but I guess the alchemy set first. Ooh, the toys. <laughs> Ooh. It's still bubbling, you said. It is still bubbling. Meanwhile, Arthwin is still standing relatively further far back, considering for a moment the, the charred corpse of the doctor before... Mm snapping out of it and, and and running or jogging after the others. Gorb, Gorb, find book! The books are piles upon piles of journeyman, advanced alchemical formulas. Books of Dr. Berryhart's findings, mixture with Kolkstein's notes and scholarly contributions. The entire repertoire is here on his hammock. This is what you came for. Near the alchemy set odour, you see a makeshift wooden desk with scratch marks down it. Strewn across the area are soaked parchments, scribbles and writings hard to make out. The alchemy here is evident, but the knowledge seems advanced. 
Go ahead and make me an alchemy check. Okay. 21. You take a moment to pick between the ramblings of a sleep-deprived and maddened man and that of the notes of a well-renowned physician and skilled alchemist. With each reread, it is clear, these were desperate attempts to find a cure, a miracle tonic of salvation for his affliction. Evidently so, Dr. Van Berryhart was unsuccessful. He was trying to cure himself. I start very carefully gathering all, all the notes he's got. Oh, the alchemy set, by the way. Yeah. It's a plus two alchemy set. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, is it like huge? It's massive, yeah. Okay, so what what is bubbling in it? Does it look like anything that I can recognize? When you look over the food, it was more of the same colored, like visceral green, almost a, like a slight neon glow to it. Because what's fantasy yeah. about some neon glow? Pieces floating in is the same kind of fluid that's inside the needle. Pieces floating inside it. But it, he, it, he was injecting himself with things, with, with a fluid that had pieces. That is correct. Oof. Does it look vaguely silverish? Yes. When you go through it, you find shards of silver. Let's um, maybe tie up the hammock and, and see if we can take the alchemy set with us as well. We can't let uh, the doctor's knowledge be in vain. Go on, carry books. Arthwin sort of starts the process of, of preparing the alchemy set for transport, and he glances over at Vargan. Let Gorm carry one of them, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to take the needle as well, by the way. He looks over the books. Which one is the safest to give away? <laughs> it's it's the sixth book, which has no recipes in it. It's just a lot of credits for all the help he's received <laughs> <laughs> throughout his years. I mean, that's that's pretty useful still. That's like a network of people who know alchemy. Walked into that one, haven't I? But yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You're done goofed. Get rid of that one, Gorm. <laughs> <laughs> fall, in, fall in the sewage. <laughs> So then, standing together in those stinking sewers, and after having collected the Doctor's books, supplies, and his tools, I think that is where we'll bring today's episode to a close. A quick reminder then that we'll be taking a short break next weekend, so be sure to catch episode 11 on the weekend of August 20th, when we'll be back for The Witcher, Chaos on the Pontar. And until then, bye-bye. <laughs>